Welcome back. It's Alana. And Jacqueline. And we're here for another episode of Black and Yellow. New year, new us. 2019. Here we come. <laughs> it's the musical version. We hope you all had an amazing 2018. A great Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Chanukah. Everything. Everything. We hope that you, you you did the New Year's Eve thing. We hope you did it well. We hope if you made any resolutions, you're sticking to them. Exactly. And if you are drying out because of a little thing called dry January. Which I didn't know was a thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't grow up with a lot of... Well, my dad was quite an alcoholic, but it was never like a thing that we did and everything I what that we heard. Got it. But it's ironic that I, I, I had just recently heard from my boyfriend's family mm-hmm. that they do like a dry like month of they pick like one month out of the year to go dry and it just so happened to be January. Yeah. This was like a couple months ago when we were in San Francisco. Oh. And then when you we had brought it up, I was like, oh so it is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a relatively new thing. I mean, it started in the UK. Um, It was a public health campaign. That's how it started. Okay. And it was essentially a way of of encouraging people to ditch alcohol at the start of the new year. Sort of reset Mm -hmm. your bodily... Track. I was going to say your bodily clock, but no, one month is not going to turn back all that time and damage. Um, Way of like starting off the new year healthy in a healthy way. I see. So yeah, it picked up steam in the UK, which is actually sort of impressive if you think about it. Yeah, because they're all alcoholics over there. (laughs) They like to drink. (laughs) They like to drink in England, right? And they're angry, and it makes total sense. Yeah. Well, I can't vouch for that. I mean, they didn't win the World Cup this year, but um, they're angry. But yeah, it started there, and I started doing it in 2015. I've done 2015, 2016, 2017. I see. Um, 2017, I will put an asterisk next to that year because I definitely had many drinks on the night or the day, the day and the night, of Donald Trump's inauguration. Oh. Yeah. That was also the day where I had planned a Vanderpump Rules bar crawl, so I couldn't, like, that was a day where I knew in advance you that I was would. going to be you would. drinking. So, we're talking about dry January today. Yeah. That's a thing, you guys. Yeah. I mean, if in you think about it. In case you're in my it, boat where you didn't know about it, that's a thing. Yeah. Or if you're in the boat that says, I hate people that do dry January, because uh-huh. there's also those people that are like, heavily critical of it and we could totally talk about that totally get to that right but the holidays people be boozing a lot a lot whether it's catching up with family friends co-workers people from out of town people be drinking yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then once January rolls around, all those lofty self-improvement goals begin. And for a lot of people, one of those goals is to drink less. Or or just also, too, I think, feeling shitty after a lot of eating and drinking. Or another common um, resolution is weight loss. Yeah, absolutely. And so because alcohol is just sugar. Yeah. If you cut out alcohol, you're definitely going to lose some poundage, mm-hmm. some bloatage, maybe an inch or two around the waist, depending it's amazing on amazing what bloating and inflammation and like chronic drinking can really do to you. A lot. Yeah. And and it makes sense why people want to detox. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So 
Dry January. Let's just, uh, let's get some numbers going, shall we? Go for it. Give me the stats, girl. So in 2018, 3.1 million people in the UK participated in Dry January. Individuals are between the ages of 35 to 54, according to the mirror. So that's sort of the the target age range that people are doing this. A little bit later than I thought. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean. Reaching that point of like, you know, feeling like. I feel like before 35, in my mind, that's young adulthood. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily, you know, I don't expect students to do dry January. I don't expect much older people to do dry January. It just doesn't seem like a young or super old thing. Yeah. Um, Right in the middle. Exactly. Totally. You have things to do. Absolutely. Ways to evolve. Yes. (laughs) And, And cutting out alcohol. Is one of those ways, I guess. Uh, It's most popular in Northern Ireland, where 10% either planned on or participated in dry January, followed by Northeast England, where 8% of people participated. Hmm. Generally, people with full-time jobs are more likely to participate as opposed to students, retired people, or part-time employees. I guess part-time employees are like, oof. Gotta give me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to show up tomorrow at 9 a.m. Like, Make let's sure get I an hour. Yeah. Uh, according to the Mirror, research shows that two-thirds of people who attempt dry January hold strong through the end of the month. And seven in ten people continue to drink less alcohol six months after dry January. Wow, that's really good. Six months? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefit to doing dry January. I think one of the bits of criticism is that there's no long-term robust studies to show the long-term effects of essentially ditching alcohol for a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think when it comes to something like dry January, if you're not a heavy drinker to begin with, you know, if you're not having, if you're not drinking every day or if you're not having multiple drinks five days a week, if you're a truly a social drinker, just one around people and that's it. You're that's, not drinking to get drunk. Yeah, that's kind of me for sure. Then, then you won't necessarily yeah. see the results that are, are yeah. so highly spoken about because right. it's such a small window of time um, where you're cutting out something that you probably already don't have a lot of. So it doesn't make sense to cut something that you don't really do much of. Well, there's definitely benefits to it. It is. But I mean, like, like let's say for me, like, I've never had to detox from alcohol because I've never ha- really abused it Got in it. my life. Yeah. Um, But I can see if you are, like, I would have to, like, I've done other detoxes. For I've sure. abused, you know, like sugar, yeah. coffee. I'm, like, definitely a coffee abuser. Okay. Okay. Um, so I've done that and felt great and actually, like have you know been able to not feel so addicted to it after that mm-hmm. but then you know the cycles repeat but but definitely i i completely agree that um someone who may not drink as much may not really see this as something that they need to do but definitely if you um definitely if you uh do drink a little bit could be more. a good challenge and after the holidays i think any kind of detox after the holidays yeah after the new year after the whole year any kind of i think eventually also to having a new year's resolution goal surrounding your body is really important yeah i mean we talked about in our new year's resolution episode temporal landmarks yeah and the new year is a temporal landmark For it's sure. a time to be out with the old and with the new yeah. you know tabula rasa start fresh mm-hmm. and using a new year as a springboard to to propel yourself into healthier habits mm-hmm. make it makes a ton of sense right 
So dry January started as a public health campaign urging people to abstain from alcohol for the month of January, particularly practiced in the UK. The campaign as a formal entity appears to be relatively recent, being described as having, quote, sprung up in recent years as recently as 2014. However, the Finnish government, hey, Finland, had launched a campaign called Sober January in 1942 as a part of the war effort. So the idea of dry January has been around for a while. Yeah. The actual coined phrase dry January is rather rather right. recent. Right, 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 right. Uh, the term dry January was registered as a trademark by the charity Alcohol Concern in mid-2014. The first ever dry January campaign by Alcohol Concern occurred in January of 2013. Hmm. In the lead up, in the lead-up to the January 2015 campaign, for the first time, Alcohol Concern partnered with Public Health England. In January 2014, according to Alcohol Concern, which initiated the campaign, over 17,000 Brits stopped drinking for that month. While there is controversy to the effectiveness and the benefits of the practice, a 2014 survey by the University of Sussex found that six months following January 2014, out of 900 surveyed participants, in the custom, 72% had, quote, kept harmful drinking episodes down, and 4% were still not drinking. That's pretty impressive, yeah. all things considered. Yeah. I can see why just a dry month would make huge, enormous differences. Definitely. And I mean, looking back and, and thinking back to the three years that I have done it, the, the, the benefits that I felt that I can remember off the top of my head, I had great sleep. Wow. I slept so well. Fascinating. So, so well. I was. Because a lot of people self medicate to. Yeah. You, sleep yeah. We live in a culture where we numb out. Mm -hmm. And say what you will about not drinking. Some people will, might roll their eyes and go, whatever, not drinking. It's not that hard. It's not a talent. It's not an art. Not drinking is an art. Yeah. We live in a culture that supports drinking. For sure. We live in a culture where if you go out and you don't, you know, to a bar or a party and there's no drink in your hand, people will ask you, what's wrong? Why aren't you drinking? Yeah, it's almost conditioned in you yeah. to even, this is a weird, I mean, not weird. Obviously, it, it was strange because I had, we had a foreign exchange student from Taiwan sort of live with us for a while. Mm -hmm. And she came here when she was under 21. And she was here for a while. And so she turned 21 in the States. And we explained to her that in America, when you turn 21, because you can drink, think, the thing that you do when you're 21 is to go and get shit-faced. <laughs> uh -huh. And she looked at exactly. us like, huh? And then when she did that, I was like, oh, yeah, huh? It's so bizarre that, you know, you can buy a gun at 18 mm -hmm. here, which we talked about in our gun episodes, but you can, and you could drive before that. And most European countries and other countries, you can drink at 16 and 18, but you can't drive. Yeah. You know? And so mm -hmm. I think, obviously I'm getting off track here, but I You're think fun. that America has it a little backwards in that sense. Okay. And also that, like, because it's like, oh my God, 21, like... It's such a big deal, and I think it's so messed up that that's what you do on your 21st birthday. Everyone's, <laughs> it's like a rite of passage. Yeah. It's like joining a fraternity. It's like, if you don't throw up on your 21st birthday, you didn't have a 21st birthday. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? But that's, like, absolutely true. No, yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying there. I do think that we live in a culture, and not just us, there's a lot of cultures around the world where 
you drink when you've had a hard day. You drink when you've had a great day. Yeah. You drink when you're celebrating something. Yeah. You drink when you're trying to forget something. Yeah. You drink alone to not be so lonely. You're a social drinker. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of reasons. We, we find a lot of reasons to drink. We do. We really do. And when it comes to <sighs> just looking at life, simply removing the alcohol it's possible. It's really not that hard. No. The first week is the hardest, and then it's sort of smooth sailing from there. It is. But I think I think dry January is the most beneficial to those that have a relationship with alcohol that requires further examination. I agree. I mean, I don't think they're necessarily alcoholics, but I, right. I think I, I agree. I completely agree. I think it's for those who either have abused it for a long time prior to even mm-hmm. starting dry January and then recognizing that that is something that they need to almost like reverse, you know, right. for the amount of years they have been drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's poison. Like, <laughs> but see, I think it, yes, it could be for the addict, so to speak, but I think it can also be for the person that, how do I put this into words? I think it could also be for the person that, isn't aware of how dependent they are on alcohol. Like, I think it's both spectrums. I agree. It's the person that overuses it and the person that isn't aware of their use of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Regardless, I think it's good. For sure. In the end. Well, yeah, definitely. Even if there's no uh, long-term effects and benefits that have been studied, cutting alcohol out of your life for 30 days. I mean, alcohol is a toxin at the end of the day. (laughs) Like that's, it's it's a depressant. It's a toxin. Yeah. We're putting it in our bodies. Right. And I'm not knocking on those that do. Right. Because I surely do it. Right. Every Wednesday after dodgeball. (laughs) And, and I would argue that alcohol for some people is a necessary vice and a necessary evil Mm -hmm. that if that helps you get through the day. Okay, great. But if your relationship without, if you are dependent on alcohol to feel normal or to feel social or to or, feel, or if it's getting in the way of other areas in your life, say your relationship, mm-hmm. say your money, say I mean, yeah, ultimately your health, mm-hmm. you know, that that is obviously something that only you can sort of come to conclusion with, no right? What anyone tells you, but I, I mean, I, I definitely agree. noticed the money save when yeah. I did it. Uh, I saved a. T- ton of money Mm. like I don't realize how expensive alcohol is because I don't go out and drink a ton and I don't go out to eat a ton so when I do I really rack up that alcohol bill and I guess I just you know it's great for all kinds of reasons right I agree yeah yeah um yeah I sleep was amazing I woke up just alert and ready to go Mm -hmm. like waking up was super duper easy Obviously, there's like the the physical benefit of like you're a little trimmer, your skin a little more glowy, yeah, you feel good. Yeah, you've got, you've got more, more energy. energy. Your mind is more clear. For, For sure, I worked out, out harder. Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things. But um, the medical benefits are blood glucose levels are lower. Mm-hmm. Obviously, improve liver function. That one is sort of a given. Better sexual function, weight loss, improved skin appearance, lower cholesterol levels, healthier or more regular digestion levels if you drink so much that your digestive system is a little out of whack. Mm -hmm. Obviously, money saved. That's not necessarily a medical benefit, but it's a... Can be. It's financial, which I mean, if if you... medical. Right. Exactly. If you worry about money, if that's a stressor, save a little little bit of it. For sure. Uh, Focus. It's easier to focus and stay focused for longer. Interesting. And people report productivity levels being higher. 
And if you want another fun, a fun fact about dry January or about the first week of January, uh, in the first week of January in the U.S., alcohol sales decrease and family lawyers see a spike in business and are often at their busiest. Which sort of makes wow. sense because if you are someone who is electing to get rid of the alcohol, you are seeing life a little clearer. Yeah, you absolutely. are seeing the choices that you have made and how they have played out in your life a lot clearer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you are with some dude who is holding you back, yeah, and it's the beginning of the year, <sighs> maybe it's time, maybe to, it's time to go to call that divorce lawyer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because the other reality is that Americans, we like to drink and we kind of over drink. Definitely. But I also think because it's like, I feel like when I go to Europe, when I've been to Europe, they do also drink a lot there. But there's a different type of drinking sometimes. I don't oh, what know. do you mean? Or I can't speak for all of Europe. Okay. But That's like, right. I feel like a lot of Americans drink out of something. Out of stress, out of unhappiness, out of like more than just enjoying the actual liquor itself or out of joy. I feel like well, that'd be huh. an interesting like experiment. Like I feel like people drink more to escape than to enjoy. That is my, oh. that's my perspective. But how drinking. do you, I guess, how do you measure that? You know what I mean? I, I mean, I, that'd be, it'd be good to look that up or have an actual like experiment or a poll done on that right that's just that's just my intuition i see what you're saying saying that most of america drinks more out of like uh job uh wife uh stress uh this versus like i love this kind of cognac Interesting. i love brandy i love my wife and we like to enjoy this bottle of wine which i absolutely know also exists right but i feel like the latter i feel like that's just, I don't know. I don't know. I just have that feeling. I guess I my question, my retort to that would be, is that because, do you feel like that because it's maybe. Be based on my experience. Or maybe a, a romantic view of like Europe and. Probably. You know what a I mean? Of that and, and more of like my experience with alcohol that the mo- mo- most it. of the people I know drink to escape and not to really purely enjoy it. We definitely overdrink. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Americans, we drink it more than ever. Around 30 million adult Americans binge drink, which cool. means they consume four or more drinks at least once a week. According to a study published by JAMA Psychiatry from last year, binge drinking is also common among people with household incomes of $75,000 or more than with people with lower incomes. So, which is interesting. Which which is interesting. So, what you're saying is not too far off. Yeah, because I feel like the more money you make, maybe the more responsibility, the more stress. The more stress. Yeah. Which is ironic because I definitely, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and let's not forget, this is a feminist podcast after all. And I think it's worth throwing in that women showed a larger increase in alcoholism than men in 2018. Wow. Well, women are working more. Women are working more. Women have a lot more household stress, a lot more familial stress. I mean, I know so many women that are like, let me just get through my day. Let me put the baby to bed. Let me enjoy a glass of wine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. End up drinking a whole bottle. Yeah. After that. (laughs) You're like, I've been yeah, there. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and it's so easy to like Four glasses. slip into that. It is. And you're it's like, it's so easy. And you pick up the bottle after you're like, wait, did I just right. drink this whole thing? Especially if you're home for the night and yeah. just doing stuff, work, feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hmm. It's a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. That is super true. Yeah. I guess I'd never actually put two and two together until just now. Oh, I'm glad. (laughs) Well, talk about it's good to have on air aha moments, as Oprah would like to call them. Aha. Aha. (laughs) (laughs) So try January. It's possible to do it. And not be a dick about it. Because, as I said earlier in the episode, a common criticism of Dry January is that some people treat it as a time to brag. A time to one-up those that have decided to continue to drink. But of course. Right. Which, look, we're all adults here. Everyone can make their own decisions for themselves. But I definitely... I definitely understand where the people that are like, ugh, I roll dry January. Great. You're just not drinking. Shut the fuck up about it. Stupid. Right. Like I, I see both sides of that equation because 94,000 Americans used the hashtag dry January last year during the month of January. So people like to brag about the, about not drinking. I mean, I also kind of like, I mean, it's the ego, but I'm I'm almost sure. like grateful for it because it's like still getting it out. Whether it's like publicity, any publicity is publicity, you know, kind of in the sense. Any publicity like, is good publicity. That's what I meant. Yeah, uh, kind of like people are just talking about it. If they're bragging, they're bragging. But at least that that's getting out there, and whether or not that person is receptive or not. See, but I liken it to a preachy, a preachy vegan or a preachy vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian since I was 13 for Ah. 18 years. I don't preach about it to anybody. I hate when the preachy ones want to talk to me about deepening the, my, my my outlook on food and going vegan. If I'm talking to Uh, a vegan, do you know what I mean? Like no one, no one wants to be preached at. When you come from that point, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. I can see how that can get really, like, can rub people off the wrong way. Definitely. Because one's personal decision to stop drinking, that's on you. Yeah, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, you you can go stick a needle in your arm for all I care. Right. Don't tell me about it. But it's the truth, though. Um, I think adults are all entitled to their opinions. I do think that we're living in an age where when we want a little bit of an ego boost, we head to social media because it is community. And we preach on there. That's for sure. Totally preach on there. But that doesn't mean that just because someone decides to not drink for a month that they're any holier than the other that's like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to keep drinking because drinking works for me. And I work, you know, in the tech industry where happy hours are a thing or I have work meetings over dinners and bottles of wine and I shoot myself more in the foot not being present at those meetings and not having that glass of wine or that extra shot of cognac. Than than not than being if there, I were to not, yeah, yeah, totally. So okay. I see both sides of the spectrum, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think to be preached, if if ever the answer is I'm going to be preachy and just keep talking about dry January because no. that happens. I guess my the way I was perceiving it is someone just telling them like, look, I'm doing this thing called dry January. This is what I do. Not mm. like trying to change that person, which is what I can see that like vegans and certain vegetarians got do, it, but to just be like look, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. and But, like, making it, if they're at a bar or something, to, like, make sure to let people know. And as a result of that, maybe that person, because they're coming from a place of, like, you know, sort of just responsibility for what they're doing, that, that whoever hears that would be more like, oh, wow, interesting. But if you were to preach someone... 
then that totally rubs someone off the wrong way. Totally. I yeah. think um, I think it's also like location specific. Like where is this conversation going down? Mm. When I did it in 2016 and in 2017, I was working in a bar. Oh. And I made a, a huge effort to not mention the fact that I was doing Dry January. Yeah, that's, that's because, yeah, because, yeah. you know, I am at my place of work where people are obviously choosing to drink. Totally. And when you work at a bar, people offer to buy you drinks. And so I would say as nicely as possible without saying that I was doing Dry January, no, thank you. I can't. I'm working. No, thank you. I can't. No, thank you. And some people get mad. Some people get mad when you don't take their offer of a drink, specifically also, men. Like, Why am I saying some people? Well, men get mad. But, like, also, it's like, listen, I could get fired for drinking. So, why don't you understand? Because they're drunk. And I'm telling you, when you're the sober person in a bar, you it's, see things clearly. And it's the worst. One of the it's worst, the worst feelings I've had before. Yeah. yeah. I was able to get a, a handle on FOMO because of Dry January. Mm. Because... When you're the sober one in a bar, you realize very quickly that it's the same shit that happens every over weekend and over or week. And if you go, to, you know, if you're a, a, yeah, a, a bar fly. It's not very glamorous. <laughs> well, no, it's definitely not that. There is this idea of like, ooh, ah, going out, getting drunk, right. you know, like have a good time. But like the next day you wake up and you're hungover and totally. you feel so good. And it's like, you j- and I mean, we, I mean, same, like we worked at a bar and you see them drop hundreds a mm-hmm. night so you just spent all that for like liquid courage hopefully maybe you had fun maybe yeah. you went home with someone and then the next day mm-hmm. if you, you know if you don't have it yourself together it's, it's quite depressing for some people yeah some people just get up and do it all over again Ugh. i guess i'm saying all that to say if you are someone who's doing dry january and you are in a bar talking about not drinking to people in a bar who are electing to drink then that person is the asshole for sure. do you know what i mean Absolutely. like the person who's talking about not drinking and preaching right. about it in a bar you're the jackass well it's like are you gonna go to texas as a vegan and right. go to like an all like a barbecue joint and like talk about why you're not eating right what i don't even know how you could i mean obviously it's the same in trying to make an analogy but yeah it's like it's pretty pretty darn ridiculous yeah no absolutely with <laughs> 100 with total certainty yeah <laughs> that and the fact that whenever whenever someone whenever you tell someone that they that you're not drinking they automatically want to buy you a drink Mm -hmm. i have not had more drinks offered to be purchased for me in one month's time than i have in january fascinating i had that from women and men that's so fascinating not this is not just isolated to men because people want to because people like a challenge and people want to be the one to break you that's what it is they like they even more well when like, they're drunk yeah like yeah. even i mean it's it's kind of slightly off topic but this when this past 2018 halloween i was ali wong uh-huh and i had never been more hit on right and offered drink mm-hmm. fake pregnant in my entire life than not being pregnant like it was the most bizarre feeling in the world mm-hmm. of like people being like you know they're trying to like fee- force feed me alcohol because i looked and some people did believe i was pregnant yeah and I was like, you guys are, this is insane. Yeah, people want to be a part of, they really a part do. of the action. Yeah. Whether it's like giving alcohol to a pregnant woman or trying to break someone that's not drinking, people want to be I'm gonna, like, an active participant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Hmm. That's so fast. That's like a social experiment that I like want to go in a bar. Maybe not not in January, just in general, because I'm not a drinker. And oh, just see, like, <laughs> got what it. Happen if, if it's, I'm, a, like, it's 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 a pretty interesting. So you just found yourself turning a lot of people down as nicely as possible. Yeah. And yeah. I would notice the drunker that like the more liquid courage they <laughs> intook, I guess is a better way of saying yeah. it. The stronger and the more um, adamant. Yeah, they mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. to like purchase me the drink. Sure, I've been in places too where I used to work at this restaurant in Beverly Hills, where um, that time my bosses were okay with me drinking on the job. Got it. Um, but I can't drink. Like I feel like I'm one of those Asians, like one shot, <laughs> like, turn red. Got like, it. I become a tomato. It's really uncomfortable because essentially, like. <laughs> Like, our liver doesn't have a certain enzyme that can process the alcohol fast enough. So oh. it leaches straight into our bloodstream. Oh. So it actually has a lot of, like, not the best feelings. Like, we have a, we feel really hot fast. We get you have talked about getting really hot. Yeah. You can't yeah. breathe. If it's really shitty alcohol, I'll get, like, allergic reactions. Like, I'll break out in hives. Whoa. So I need to, like, drink top shelf. So it means when I go out and I really want to get drunk, I have to, like, spend a spend lot of money. a lot of money. money. Um, and then I always end up like throwing it up anyways. Cause my, like my body just can't like, it's like literally poison. Like I just, I'm literally allergic to alcohol, um, on that level. It must be really challenging if you're like a first generation young Asian American. Yeah. That's me. Who just turned 21. Yeah. That was me. My 21st that's birthday. That's tough. I went to a bar. I had one gin and tonic. I came home and I threw up and I went straight to bed. That's really tough. That was my birthday. That sucks. I, it really sucks. And so... On the on one hand, on 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 one hand, it's really healthy in the sense where I stay healthy and mm-hmm. I really don't spend a lot of money. But on the other hand, you know, I've had to really learn like which ones can I take, which ones should I drink, um, how to say no, how to not feel pressured because the right. if anything, I've I know what that's like to feel pressured to like have to drink, right? But then not be like literally not be able to like my body right. just projects it a hundred percent. And I think even pulling it out of the alcohol conversation and just on a more human level you don't want to think you're different than anyone else absolutely and and that physical difference is a signifier of oh i'm, I'm a little bit different my body right. works differently than exactly the way that the media tells me tells me my body should yeah, work Yeah, because it's like it's it's also alcohol is like very accepted very social you know? yeah and so the thing that everyone does when you reach a certain age or even in even in college even in high school is like go to parties yep. and when that's not fun for me because I can't get drunk mm-hmm. because if I do, I'll get sick. Right. But everyone's doing it. I, I remember feeling really like just sort of like, okay, I guess this is the thing to be doing. But I know I, I feel really bad. But but how do I – I, but I want to be cool. Like it was – Yeah, and, and that's the fucked up part it. about alcohol it's in our so, society. It is. Right? Yeah. And you don't even really think about it until you're out of that phase. Yeah. Because there is this expectation that you just should be drinking. If you're in a social situation mm-hmm. as an adult, you should be drinking. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, there's something wrong yeah. with you. Even if you don't feel like yeah. drinking. Or like you're it's weird. weird to, yeah. You're, like, it, jinx. Like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? Like you, what? That's like you want water, right? Like, what? How you're gonna go to the bar and ask for a club soda? Like totally you're fucking weird. And it's like, uh, yeah, I know. I'm. It's okay. I guess I'm weird. Like, what do you like? I mm-hmm. here's your answer. Like, I'm not like so. Whether you like you either shove something down my throat so I can 
feel or be normal, right. but like feel horrible. Well, but also in my experience, when you tell someone that you're not drinking, it stirs emotions in them. Yeah, like they get mad. They get very mad. My boyfriend doesn't drink. He hasn't had a, a sip of alcohol since he was 18. Wow. And well, not intentionally, but that's a whole okay. different story. Um, and I witnessed him man. telling people he doesn't drink. And getting into debates. Like, but what do you mean you don't drink? Also, too, like, is it, like, a masculine thing, right? Because as, like, a guy, you have to, like, be able to out-drink guys. Oh, yeah. Dylan doesn't buy into that bullshit. Which I'm so grateful for. But I'm sure, like, if you're younger. Yeah. yeah, And you're, Mm -hmm. like, a frat. And you're, like, you know, what are those? You're, like, doing the beer chug. Oh, keg stands. Keg stands and all all this crap. It's, like, really, it feels really demasculating. But I think that there's also a mentality that those kind of guys buy into. Yes. But. But also, sometimes you bought into it and you don't even know. Right. And so feeling like, like, it's like how I kind of felt. It's like as a man, if I was a man, mm-hmm. being there and being like, oh, like, crap, I can't drink. Like, I'm worthless or I'm this. I can't get the girls because like, you you equate being able to drink mm-hmm. with, like, being strong, with being manly, with getting the girls. Right. All of that. All you know? the subconscious biases that go along with yeah. the consumption of alcohol. A hundred percent. Absolutely. One hundred percent. He had a lot of freedom growing up. Mm-hmm. So he drank as a teenager. Uh, so by the time it was, he was legal drinking age, he's like, but why? Yeah. Like I've already done that and yeah. I'm, I'm over it and yeah. alcohol makes me feel terrible and yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Like that was, that's his reasoning, yeah. but people get angry <sighs> because I think, because he makes a very coherent argument about why he doesn't drink. I see. That the fact that like alcohol is. So a, does he tell the strangers that? Um, not always. Not if there's always. a, there will be some persistent ones, and he'll get really real, mm. and he'll get real about the fact that alcohol, it's a drug, it's a legal drug, just like nicotine. Mm-hmm. Neither one is good for you. Mm-hmm. Just because you can buy it regularly doesn't mean yeah. that you should, yeah. that you should consume it recklessly right, right, or right. even consume it at all. Well, that was the whole thing between like alcohol and weed or like right. alcohol and other drugs. It's like, well, it's, it's, it's legal because the, the government can make millions and totally. billions of dollars off totally. of you. And so. But not only is the alcohol legal because of how much they make in sales, it's also how much, how much you make in rehabs. Mm-hmm. Like rehab and alcohol detox centers oh. and getting clean, that's a whole other multi billion dollar industry. Yeah. You think the government is going to come up off and make alcohol illegal? No. <laughs> oh, no. They're not. No. They're making no. too much money off of the sales of alcohol mm-hmm. and, and people's overwhelming needs and desires to get clean yeah. for whatever reason. Yep. That's all money. And that's people, all a and business. All the people in prison that like. 100%. 100 percent please prison is indentured servitude if i that's modern day slavery totally different argument right um but yeah when you especially around the the dry january time of year when you are the person who is going against the status quo socially Mm -hmm. you're gonna stir some really uncomfortable feelings Mm -hmm. in the person that you're talking to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mostly because i don't think a lot of people who have those kinds of reactions, mm-hmm. the, what do you mean you don't drink? Drinking is legal. It's not that bad for you. Like, drinking yeah. is good for your health. It's good for your happiness and yeah. all those other bullshit, yeah. you know, excuses. Antioxidants, I love Right, right. Yeah, like, drink wine. You get your antioxidants. It's like, how about just eat... Blueberries. Yeah. Like, I don't know. How about you just eat a pomegranate? Like... 
But some people just haven't like yeah, really it's examined it's, that it's, relationship with alcohol. Yeah, and it's like it's a mindset, you know. Yeah, it's a mentality. It's a lot. It's upbringing. It's culture. It's genetics. Totally. If your grandfather was an alcoholic and your dad's an alcoholic, most likely. You're kind of an alcoholic. Kind of. You know? Yeah. So, or or the complete opposite, which we've seen in many cases too. But, you know, it, it's, it, I, I'm a firm supporter of Dry January. I think. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think, yo, it's easier than you think. Because the number one criticism, or I guess I should say two criticisms. One is what do you do on a Friday or Saturday night? So much to do. When all of, right. But don't forget, like, alcohol <laughs> is social and people want to stay connected to yeah. their friends that might not be doing dry January. Yeah. I understand that fear because I was right there mm. and I was definitely doing a lot of shit alone. Mm during dry January, mm. which was great because I was able to see a lot of theater mm. and a lot of dance mm. and a lot of live shows. I didn't have to worry about whatever someone else's taste was in yeah. shows. I could just but go see whatever too, I wanted. I also feel like in a certain way, you are in a committed relationship as well. And yeah. I feel like a lot of that is fueled by this society of like being single and like ready to mingle. And mm. a lot of people, I didn't think about that. a lot of people meet at bars. A lot of people go out on dates. It's like, let's go grab a drink. It's like the thing to do. Uh-huh. And I wish that could start changing somehow. And maybe it has. But that's the thing. It's like, let's go grab a drink. And let's go do this. And so most f- first dates are drinks. Mm-hmm. And coworkers grab drinks. And I think it's it's this, this thing of like being... I remember you said something really interesting. You were like saying something about like being in your 30s. And it's like sometimes hard to make meet new people yeah if you're, if you're not at bars and like mm-hmm. that's why you were like in or in the scholastic like, setting yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so because if you think a lot of people's like husbands and you like it's either church yep school mm-hmm. work right those three and if you are not in either one of those and in a place where there's a lot of people or where you can make a connection maybe it's just you and something or you're a freelancer you know we're our artists all this stuff totally. so we're not i'm not meeting and working with people constantly consistently right I don't, I'm not. you're not in corporate america exactly right and so then there's this thing of like well if i want to meet someone if i want to go on a date if i want to meet my boyfriend if i want to have a partner then i have to go out and drink apparently is is what has sort of been fed to us and we yeah sort of believed it you know definitely yeah. first things first thank you for calling me out on my privilege the the, the relationship privilege right because i did not give that a thought for a second. But you're right. Yeah. Like almost 11 years in January in a relationship that does color my decisions to drink or not drink or go out or not go out. Mm-hmm. Well, because as, it, as it should, as every relationship should. I just had, I was, was so, like on a roll yeah. <laughs> and just did not stop and think about that. Yeah. And you're a hundred percent right. But do, do like dates have to be. That's what I mean. They don't. Do they have to? No. You know what I mean? Uh, I get that you want to take an edge off. Yeah, sure. I get that you want to, you know, if you're one of those people. Right. <laughs> um, But there are other date options. There are so many options. And, I mean, I'm sure there's two people I'm that have found themselves being like, I don't even, like, maybe somehow they end up in a relationship and being realizing, like, wow, we don't even like alcohol, but our first date was at a bar. Right. I'm sure that's happened over oh, and I'm sure. over and over and totally. over again. Um, but it is tough, you know, when, when most people are craving that connection and don't have it from a partner or even family or even like close friends, there's a lot of lonely people in this world. So I think there's a deeper 
um, as a deeper sense of like why America drinks, and a lot of it is I think of like you know a, a depression that a lot of people have, and depression is like you can diagnose it, but it's it's hard to really everyone has it, mm-hmm. you know. And in this day and age where it's becoming so much more digital and so much more isolating, you mm-hmm. can just be on your phone and interact with people. Versus you and I were just talking about like dining out with people and yeah. connecting on that level, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think it is that people like craving that connection and finding it, you know, by going to bars, but that that's not the only way, you know. And I think more and more people are coming to that conclusion. I mean, there's so much more healthy people that are just advocating for health and awareness and, you know, mental like healthy mental states. Right. And I feel like as we see that improve, I think alcohol sales will naturally just decrease. Go down. Yeah, because people will find their happiness and work on their happiness and that involves less drinking out of a place of like fear and desperation but Mm -hmm. more drinking out of a place of like love and abundance true and i think that's the difference between like people who are healthier and people and and may drink but are conditioned by the drinking and people who are a little less unhealthy and are drinking because of that totally yeah. Definitely. And so I think because of that, dry January has a really profound effect on those people. Yeah, for because sure. like you said, you were alone. So you were alone with your thoughts and you could right. nurture yourself and go to shows and Correct. love yourself and do things that are really part of your essence mm-hmm. and who you are and who you are authentically. Yep. Then say, I don't know, Margarita. Like what yeah. if, versus a live theater show that will... It motivate you, inspire you, right. lift you, increase your dopamine and serotonin levels. All of that, that's like also chemically, a lot of people are chemically imbalanced. For sure. Because you know? I do find myself reconnecting with hobbies that I maybe forgot that I enjoyed or yeah. let fall by the wayside. Sure. I do find myself reconnecting to them in dry January because of the fact that I'm looking for things to do and I am... That, like, matter to you. Right. Exactly. It's got to be meaningful and fulfilling. Because I think a tempting thing to do in dry January is to stay at home and not be social. Yeah. Which is also okay if you are, like, an extremely extroverted slash social butterfly and don't really, like, make time to be with yourself. Because I think that's also a societal thing, that it's, like, weird to be alone. And yes. people get really scared. Right. Um, so confronting that along with dry January might be a really good thing. But it could also it could be. It could also cause someone to spiral down. Yeah, it could be. You know? I was thinking like I've never craved a drink more than when I was doing dry January alone in my house. Uh, like it actually yeah. for me had an adverse effect. Right. I was out and being social and doing stuff you and just even, not. Dr- even think about I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. I was just living my life without the consumption of alcohol. Sure. But if I am staying home and intentionally, it's like, it's like magnified. Yeah, exactly. In if your I'm face. intentionally staying home because I'm trying to avoid alcohol because I'm afraid I might have a slip is, up. Yeah. All I'm thinking about is alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I'm thinking about. Yep. Hands down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which would be a tip if you are thinking of doing dry January and you come through the 31 days and you're like, I love this feeling. Two things. One, it's very common for people to like drink a lot less post dry January. I think a lot of people that hate on dry January say, well, you know, the the minute that February 1st rolls around, you're just going to be drinking back the way that you normally did. Yeah. Not necessarily true. Yeah. There's a lot of people that want to preserve the the effects that dry January has given to them. Same. 
And I think I, I think the people that want to continue to drink the way they did are just going to do that regardless. Yes. You can't. You won't be able to change that. For sure. Yeah. Not in a month. Definitely. But if yeah. you're trying to, like, hang on to the effects of dry January, remain social. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But maybe get a friend. Maybe yeah. tell your friend, hey, J- hey, Jack, I just did dry January. I feel amazing. Right. I'm really not trying to drink tonight. If you see me getting a little antsy. Yeah. You know, and you're seeing me sort of like maybe kind of sort of eyeballing the bar, like just pull me aside and say, maybe it's time that you go. And I love that what you shared about just going to see shows and really getting in touch with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone could do that as far as, you know, what is a movie they've always wanted to see. Yeah. Do a movie marathon, you know, spend time with your parents, read a book, like just do things that you know, will will allow you to get your mind off of that and at the same time nurturing your, your soul. Yeah, for sure. Cause you would be you would be silly to to not utilize that time in yeah, the best way possible. Absolutely. And I think I know this just from working at a bar. If you're thinking of doing dry January and you're just like, listen, I don't want to lose connection with my friends and they go out to bars. If you go out to a bar and you tell your the bartender super nicely, hey, you're the DD or you're doing dry January, bartenders will normally give you free refills. They will normally accommodate you in your pursuit of not drinking. Yeah. Just hopefully. hopefully be nice right. about it. Tip your bartender really, really yeah, nicely. Exactly. I'm always a big fan of just tipping the bartender. <laughs> but I mean, like they'll work with you. And so your time not drinking doesn't have to be awful. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can you can preserve the effects. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier, dates don't have to be alcohol laden. There's always the good old cafe. Mm-hmm. there's competitive events. Maybe you go third arts. Maybe you go bowling. Maybe mm-hmm. you do mini golf. Try something you never have before. Yeah. This new yoga class. Maybe do a cheesy tourist attraction. Yeah. It sounds super cheesy, <laughs> but you know, that's kind of the fun of them. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Um, and also if you come across someone that is doing dry January, don't be that asshole that tells the subpar dad joke of, I'm doing dry January too. I like to drink dry gin and dry beer and dry wine. I'm doing dry January as well. Cause you deserve to rot in hell. <laughs> no, seriously, those people definitely deserve to rot in fucking hell. Oh my gosh. I will let you say that. <laughs> and not say anything back. <laughs> and finally, there are sobriety events. Mm, those things support out there. I those things there do exist. Yeah. If, I mean, there's people battling alcoholism. For sure. <laughs> if you're in the New York area and you're listening to this show, look up an organization called Club Soda. Club Soda is a social sobriety movement and among other communities that preach a no alcohol, high on life mantra. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah. If you are also in the New York area, Daybreaker, that's the sober dance party rave. Look out for them. If you're in Los Angeles, look up a company called Conscious Family Dinner. It's an event series that gathers together a group of people for dinner with vegan, gluten-free food and non-alcoholic oh, wow. beverages. Sounds really nice. There's also Sobriety Tea in LA and New York. No, sir, Tea T E A, a place for like-minded, sober, curious individuals to sip tea and dance to live music. If you're in LA, there's Bender which is a yoga, it's a rooftop yoga retreat in downtown LA. They host great 
rooftop yoga and meditation events. It's all uh, alcohol free. They're all free events. Just bring your own yoga mat. There's also the Shine Movement. They are a dry conscious variety act show wow yeah so there's there are sobriety events out there yeah if you seek them out right 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 right. and that's just like a smattering a smattering of them (laughs) seriously but they do exist putting it in google and finding ways to make your time make january useful i'm sure it'll be so fulfilling in that form for sure. If you're yeah. doing Dry January, let Jackie and I know. We'd love to hear how yeah, it's going. experience went. If you've done Dry January, mm-hmm. let us know. We'd like to know um, maybe any support tips you have mm-hmm. for those that are doing Dry January. Mm-hmm. Shoot them over to Jack and I and we'll put, put them on the Instagram. Yeah. Support you guys through it. But yeah. January's here. It's 2019, y'all. And it's time to do big things. It it's is. time to make shit happen in your life if you it feel like is. life is stagnating. And I love that quote where it's like, if not now, when? When? <laughs> exactly. And exactly. If not you, who? Ooh. And there's one more. I I'm going to, I'll finish Cliffhanger. I'll finish it up <laughs> on the next episode for you guys. But really, I mean, take charge of your life mm-hmm. and one month will do you wonders. Take it day by day. Don't think about the month. Take it hour by hour. Take it minute by minute. Whatever Ooh. you got to do. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Stay woke. And happy love. new year, guys. Happy new year, you guys. We're excited. We have yeah. a lot of things for you. Yeah, 2019 is going to be super exciting yes. for the podcast. And for you guys. So stay tuned. Stay with us. Yes. Again, we're on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us at Black and Yellow Podcast. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Black and Yellow Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Jacqueline Chung Young on the gram. And I am Alana Webster at Renegade of Fun on the gram. This episode was produced by Christian at Zeitheist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feel free to follow the Zeitheist Network. Yes, exactly. And we will be back next week for another episode, another great, hopefully motivating 2019 episode. We've been trying not to do too many depressing episodes. Yeah, lately. Lately. <laughs> I mean, that's going to change. We're going to get back to racism and re- and sexism and ageism tropes. and tropes and, and all that stuff. all the other people. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> but at the top of the... But that's the top of the year we're gonna just keep it positive and keep it light for all of you who are not drinking we're gonna helpfully like the the positive upbeat topics will prevent you from drinking exactly (laughs) all right guys talk to you guys next week bye bye bye